It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, September 11th. Your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high-quality content that is wondering, with more speculation around Carter Hart, are we going to have to use the Cal Peterson option? It's possible. Yeah, we're going to get into that, plus have our nemesis of the week and our last listener summer poll all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. As a show, we're on Instagram and threads and blue sky at Locked On Flyers as well. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, we have reached the week where hockey will return. Yeah, we're getting close. It's it's nice. It's, you know, it's not fall weather. Like, let's be real. We're we're still experiencing some very warm temperatures. (laughs) But in my heart, you know, I see some leaves changing. So, you know, I'm acknowledging that, that it's almost there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rookie camp starts later this week, although we do not have from the Flyers yet a roster and schedule for that. So as soon as we get all that information, we'll figure out. We'll pass it on. Yeah, we will pass it on and uh, figure out uh, what it means in terms of our coverage of that and all that. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, you know, there's been a little bit more churn to the Carter Hart situation. Um, it kind of went around last week that Carter Hart had locked down his Instagram and removed some flyers references to it. And so it kind of reignited the speculation about the Hockey Canada report potentially coming out on Friday. That was quickly quashed by a statement from Bill Daly that was uh, uh, asked of him by several reporters. And, and the London police, too. Yeah. Oh, that as well. Right. So that this is an ongoing investigation. And so I guess, you know, we can only speculate on our end that due to all of that, that they're just not ready to put anything out there or make any final decisions. And we're just going to have to live in this uncertainty for the time being. Yeah. There's no telling now how long it's going to go. Like it could go a week. It could go a month. It could go six months. Like, honestly, I, I have no expectations anymore. I thought, based on what we were hearing that maybe there was a a current that was going to get it locked, you know, um, not locked up, but get it um, figured out quicker. And I guess maybe more information's come out. There's more things we don't know. So I just, I just think that we have to forget about it now. Yeah. I mean, you know, things could turn on a dime here, but I think that, you know, the end result is we just can't assume anything for now and just keep moving on no. as, as if nothing's happening for the moment. Yep. So in the meantime, some of that churn not only was about the Hockey Canada situation, but kind of also brought up again the idea that maybe Carter Hart and the Flyers are are doomed to have a failed relationship here in terms of the long term and that negotiations for a potential contract extension maybe aren't going well. 
and that you know the Flyers could be trying to trade him at this point. And then next, well, you could go to um, on Twitter and follow my feed at Sportsology, like we always say. And one of the shows I do is Off the Post, and we just had Chris Johnston on, and he was talking about Carter Hart and the possibility of getting traded. So um, you may want to check that out. But the fact is, Rachel, that it's being talked about a little bit more freely now. Uh, we knew there was that report uh, that came out during the trade deadline. It seemed to go away quickly, and maybe that was just because the market wasn't right or the trades weren't right. Uh, and I'm not even saying this stuff because of the Instagram. I'm just saying because of the inevitability of a team in rebuild now with all these other questions, I'd have to say it does seem likely now that he's going to get traded. Not not like will he be traded and will he be re-signed. Now I'm sort of changing my opinion to it that he's likely going to be traded at some point. The at some point, I think, is the interesting question here because – if this is where this is headed, and I'm not saying I 100% agree with that, but I, I can understand why the playing field kind of looks like that. So kind of letting this play out to a logical conclusion, the when to me is really interesting because of what the market might look like for him now versus at trade deadline. And then, you know, I just don't see anywhere in between being a good possibility for that. Um, I mean, of course, again, anything's possible, but it seems to me that it's like now or the trade deadline are the two best options for the Flyers in terms of getting a return. But also, like, you got to manage your roster for the rest of the season, assuming you're going to maybe lose him at the trade deadline in terms of what goaltenders you have around. Yeah, I mean, but you know, John Tortorello is not going to even consider that. Like, he's not. So that's maybe the good part about having him as the head coach. Uh, you know, recently Danny Breer said he expects Carter Hart to be in camp and everything, you know, the key word being expect, because you don't know. Uh, you know, things could still happen. We've got time between now and then. Um, so that's the thing is, that's where I think he's going to be in camp and I think he's going to start the season with the team. Most likely I could see him getting traded at the deadline. I think that's the most likely thing since nothing happened over the summer. But still doesn't mean a goalie won't go down while camp's going on and some, you know, big offer comes in. So, I, I you know, there's always a small chance of that, but I don't think that's what they're banking on right now. Yeah. Uh, in terms of a deal at the trade deadline, you have to think that it's going to be hard to get the right value for Carter Hart um, to some degree, just because Flyers are on paper not a great team, right? So we don't expect what's in front of Carter Hart to look a lot better than what it has over the last couple of years. And we know that Carter Hart has done the lion's share of keeping this team in a lot of games that they should not have been in um, because he played that well. Um, but he's just been doing this like grunt work over the past couple of years in net and it's hard to get a, a true sense of like you know what kind of goaltender he really could be yeah the offer is going to be a little mitigated because of that and also because of the fact that the other team is going to after the season have to negotiate and sign him for at least that one more rfa year if not a fuller extension for like a big deal so yeah you know those things being you know in the unknown do drop the value a little bit. Now, all that's, you know, with all that said, if it's a Stanley Cup team that loses their goalie and they feel like he could win them a Stanley Cup, then that'll help a little bit. But that's, you know, 
you're just hoping for that. That's not a plan. Right. And so I think that it's going to have to be kind of a unicorn situation for another team as well in order for, you know, a really strong deal to be made on the flyers end. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Otherwise the deal, like it's just going to be, and I'm not even going to predict what it's going to be because I don't know what kind of season he's going to have. It's really going to be all based on this season. Anything he's done in the past is is really not going to matter on a short-term deal. Yeah, I think the only thing that may be taken into consideration, again, is some of Carter Hart's injury history. In that, yeah, that's true. You know, he's been out intermittently uh, over the past couple of years. And so a team, I think for a short term, might be like, yeah, we'll take that risk because in the short term, right. you know, projecting into the future, he seems healthy. Everything's fine now. We need him for a playoff run. The injury risk is going to be low. Right. But if he's a long term solution for another team, that's a different story. Yeah. If he gets hurt this year and they have hopes of trading him, that's the worst possible scenario. So, you know, you hope he stays healthy just for his sake and for, you know, whatever the team might be able to do if they decide to pull the trigger. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, you know, in the event that Carter Hart is traded um, or, you know, is hurt or, or whatever, we do have to consider Cal Peterson as an option, as a more regular goaltender for the Flyers. We're going to get into some of his backstory and where that might fit into his current play coming up next. Football season's about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on the Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Take some time to visit FanDuel and include money lines, props, etc. around your team. On the Wednesday show, we'll be talking to John Chick from Locked On New York Rangers uh, to do a, another one of our Metro Division rival check-ins, as well as preview the Rookie Series games coming up this weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. Uh, as we were just talking about, uh, the Cal Peterson option might be something that we have to employ with the Flyers this season if Carter Hart gets traded and secondarily if there's an injury there. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but we haven't dug too deeply into Cal Peterson's history and, you know, why he was so um, highly touted to begin with and why the Kings, you know, gave him that big contract in the first place and how he might be able to turn it around. So Russ, like, what really was Cal Peterson's story heading into his draft and to an NHL career? Yeah, I mean, he gets drafted by the Sabres. He goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a very defensive um, program. They do have some offense, but Jeff Jackson there um, runs a, a solid defensive team always. And I would say two years into it, he really started to excel to the point where there was this talk where I kept hearing like, hmm, is he really going to sign with the Sabres? And, you know, then then he got to be, at least for one season, the best goalie in the country and in the nation. And I think once that happened, and I remember covering him in the, in the East Regional saying, wow, this guy's really got something. 
Um, once all that happened, then it was like his stock kept going up. And so, you know, so then, you know, it, it came to the time where he was a free agent and the Kings go after him. And at that point, it looked like a heck of a smart move to make. And, you know, and then you don't know what really happened. I mean, we don't cover the Kings. I've spoken to Kings people. Goaltenders, you know, situations with goalies can go up and down. And he started out okay, and then it just it just didn't hold. And so then, you know, you got to the point where the Kings had to get rid of him. And so then, you know, the Flyers get him. And at first, I don't believe the Flyers got him because they like Cal Peterson as a goalie. We think it was because of the whole way that trade went down with the salaries and Salary everything dump. else, what they, yeah. what they got back. But now looking at their goaltending situation, like you have to sort of, you know, with Kim Dillabaugh being very familiar with him, you have to sort of let him work with him, you know, throughout camp before you just decide, hey, maybe we're just going to send him to the AHL and just eat the difference or what's going to be next for him. You have to sort of let that play out now where I think earlier when everything was a little more solid as far as who maybe their goaltending was going to be, it was easy to say, ah, Cal Peterson's probably not going to be in the mix. But now I think he's firmly in the mix. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because, again, to me, similar. I just thought it was a salary dump thing that the Flyers were willing to take on. And, you know, having an extra goalie, especially when, you know, we all know what happened with Ivan Fedotov, that um, this was just sort of a replacement for that goalie slot in the depth charts for the Flyers. And the salary was just an unfortunate consequence of the kind of deal they wanted to make for Provorov and to get that extra uh, first round draft pick, which was of the utmost importance, I think, at the time. And so it right. did make it did make perfect sense to me. And, um, you know, talking about Cal Peterson's career in Notre Dame, like to me, Notre Dame hockey was almost non-existent in my consciousness until that run. Right. And Cal Peterson yeah. wa was a huge part of that. Like I very distinctly remember watching college hockey on TV at a bar and seeing the gold helmets, um, you know, and like that caught my attention, but then watching the game, I was like, Oh, who is this goaltender here? And, you know, right. I kind of like got swept up in that run they had based on Cal Peterson's goaltending for that team. So I do think, you know, to your, your point, even someone who was like less in the weeds on prospects, like I, I really, you know, that caught my attention a lot. And so I, I followed Cal Peterson a little bit after that. And you're right. I think the, the Kings were smart to make that deal. And um, I, I just it is kind of wild how goaltenders can just have this up and down and you never know what's going to happen. And I feel like with goaltenders, there are such strong possibilities for late career blossoming. And just if something clicks right mentally, they get into a zone um, that just allows them to succeed. And I, I just, I still see that as a possibility with Cal Peterson, given that history and given what we've seen, what he can do. Yeah, so I dug into his his numbers um, with Instat, and and this is just for last year. So this mm -hmm. doesn't really take into account like his best years with the Kings. I always kind of look at it like, hey, you got to look at just what the guy did last year. Right. So scoring area saves, he was at eighty two percent. Just to give an example, and again, this is you know AHL, and 
I think he played in the ECHL too last year. Um, Sorokin's at 86%. I kind of look at Sorokin like, cause he had such a great year as the real high watermark for any goalie, right? So that was 86%. So then, and you say, okay, so that's something where, you know, it's not bad, um, but obviously not at the top of his game. So you say, all right, there's something to work on there. And again, yeah, this is just AHL. So it's all AHL-based numbers for this. So I know I'm using an NHL goalie, but I'm not going to use AHL goalies. It's hard to harder to get good numbers on their stats. Anyhow, so breakaway saves. He's at 70%. Sorokin was at 72. And so you figure 70 is probably a pretty good number. Uh, maybe that's not Sorokin's, you know, best trait. But also breakaways are hard. Usually you figure breakaways favor the uh, – the shooter a lot of times. So I think actually 70% is a good number. And I think 72 is really, really good. Somebody might correct me on that. I'm not a goalie expert, but that's the way it seems. Right. You know, and then they had um, an interesting stat called brilliant saves. And so of course that's subjective. Um, he was at 1.85. Sorokin was at 2.4. Um, again, and even I looked at like Shesterkin who was at 2.2. So 2.4 is a really big number for that. Now, Luckily, you could click on the videos for these brilliant saves to get an idea of what they're tracking. And so it was situations where it's an odd man situation. Guy goes in on the net. He makes the first save. Maybe he has to make the second save. It's a situation where a guy is shooting um, unabashed, coming in on the wing, shoots for the short side. He makes the save. Then all of a sudden he's got to either fight off the puck or make another save right after that. You know, another situation is big pile up in front of the net and he's making saves through traffic, those kinds of things. And so that's where it seems like Peterson's game probably needs work. And, you know, you can blame it on team defense or whatever, but, you know, I've heard that he, you know, slipped a little in what he was able to do. So that's something where, look, the Flyers defense is not going to be their strength either. So that's something where he's definitely going to have to work on it because, uh, he is not going to have a rock solid defense in front of him. Yeah. And I, I think to me, that's the big issue here, right? Is that, you know, we're talking about Carter Hart in the first segment, having the same exact problem in front of him, right? right? So you have a, a weak defense and you have Cal Peterson, whose skill set and style of play is also going to run into those same troubles. Like he's, he's does not based on his play this past season, uh, doesn't appear like he's going to be the guy to keep them in games that they shouldn't necessarily be in the way that Carter Hart has been able to do that. Now he has in the past, and that's what I was talking about before that. Uh, but he has had like strong teams in front of him as well. And um, you know, Ontario has been uh, a pretty solid AHL team. The Kings are in a much better, although still developing, but in a better situation. I think defensively, they allow much fewer goals. They're kind of like a grinding defensive structured team, or at least they have been. So, you know, and that's what John Tortorella wants, right? But it's not something yes. they can necessarily execute on, which is like what you're saying here. So I, I, I feel like this could go either way here. Well, but now I'm going to get to the other part of a rebuild. And that is, we know Felix Sandstrom is on the last year of his deal, so maybe he's on the outs a little bit with the organization. So, okay, he might not get used that much. 
And then you have Urson, who the coach clearly likes and had that, you know, what, five-game winning streak or whatever, but then started to hit a little bit of a wall himself. So now the question is, do you want Urson to take on, like, the kind of workload? And I'm not saying game-wise, but I'm saying high danger wise and everything else that Carter Hart had to do in what would be his first full pro season. Or do you want somebody else to kind of go in there and be like the, for lack of a better term, the, you know, practice goalie and, and let him deal with a lot of that. And I think there's some sense to that because again, I think you have to preserve Urson for the future a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying don't put him in tough games, but I'm saying definitely have a number of games for him to play and that's it. And if you're going to overwork a goal, you're going to overwork Cal Peterson if you're going to go with this situation, if Carter Hart's traded or not here. Yeah, and I think that that's where having this jumble of goalies is a problem because there's yeah. like there's almost like it, it's going to make it much easier for John Tortorella to make a mistake in making the wrong yes. choice here. And I think that's going to be of concern to all of us. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a bit of a juggling act. Um, I'm I think this is going to go this, this way all the way through camp. I mean, I just don't know how it's going to go because, again, I do think that, you know, there may be a team or two that calls for Hart even during camp. If they don't, then Hart will get the lion's share, and then you're just worried about the, the backup end. And then if you're worried about that, then, yeah, Peterson probably not in the mix. But we don't know that it's going to go that swimmingly. I mean, based on everything that else that's going on in the world, you can't feel that way right now. It's impossible. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, the soap opera continues in Flyers goaltender yep. land. We will continue to talk about it until we know what the plan is from the Flyers. And uh, hopefully we'll get some information about what's going on at rookie camp and training camp um, at the beginning of this week, hopefully today, even as you're listening to this. And we will go from there. In the meantime, uh, we have a new nemesis of the week, as well as our last off-season poll to reveal coming up next. All right, Russ, I, you know, in some ways it feels like it's been a long summer for the Flyers, but in other ways it feels like it's just been gone in, in a blink of an eye. And so we've reached our last off-season poll for the summer for y'all out there. And uh, given that we will be having our rookie series games coming up this weekend, thought it'd be fun to try and predict who will score the first goal for the Flyers in the rookie series against the Rangers. And so we don't 100% know that these particular players no. will be in the lineup, but we're going to go from there. And if it, things change, you can put your choices in the comments um if you think it's somebody else that we haven't listed here that's fine too but our uh, default selections will be tyson forster elliot denoyer jr avon ethan sampson and alexis gendron good choices all right so uh get get your votes in there'll be a separate post over on our youtube channel as always Moving over to our nemesis of the week. Uh, last week, if you recall, we talked a lot about overthinking it with Matt Vay-Mitchkoff in terms of him being in the lineup or not being in the lineup. And we've seen sort of that drama continue over this past week. But, you know, we basically said, you know, let's take it all in stride and wait until we have a larger sample of games before we start worrying about things there. We also talked about the late summer heat waves, which, again, Russ, you referred to at the beginning of the show, 
it's been really annoying. The humidity has been really annoying. I gotta yeah. say. It has. Just brutal. So hopefully the weather breaks in the next couple of days. For this week, uh, my nemesis. I mean, I gotta say the New York Rangers rookies, right? There's no other way around yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got a strong group that we're going to hear a lot about on Wednesday's show. Looking forward to that. Um, but I really like the season, even though it's a, a rookie showcase, you know, and it's just really a scrimmage and their splits. Yeah, you got to remember, players players know each other. Yeah. Like, as an example, if if Forster and Will Cully play, they were talking to each other for a while at the rookie photo shoot. So, like, they know each other. Um, yeah, there's always that weird dynamic where there's a lot of teammates that are now playing against each other for the first time in, in some of these situations. And, um, you know, you always want to start the season off on a good foot um, with some good energy and getting wins against the New York Rangers, you know, with your wearing the Flyers jersey for the first time for some of these guys, like in a, in a real game. I think, you know, it's a big deal. It is. It is a big deal. All right. So my nemesis is a little different. Um I saw this happening online and it's happened a lot over the years and I really don't like it. So what happens is, you know, let's say a Phillies fans talking about something and then, and this, let's say it's on Twitter, but it can really be on any social outlet. And so let's say the Phillies fans, you know, saying, ah, you know, I, I think this team's really good. I'm hoping they're going to have a good playoffs, whatever. Right. And then an Eagles fan comes on and says, it doesn't matter. Cause in like two days, Everybody's just going to care about the Eagles and nothing else is going to matter in the city. And I really, really hate that thought. Not that, that it's not true that they're the number one team, but look, they play every Sunday. And sometimes it's a Thursday and sometimes it's a Monday. Um, but, but the point is, that doesn't mean the other teams just disappear. And if you're a fan of those other teams, I don't need to hear from loudmouths uh, that come on and just say, oh, we're just, this is an Eagle city and the rest of the teams don't matter. Because you know we're gonna, you're going to hear that. And everybody's going to hear that about the Flyers a lot this year. And I don't think uh, – I just don't like it the way it is. It's like there are Flyers fans through thick and thin, no matter what, good or bad, they're always going to be there. And you know what? Those other fans of those other teams, they just have to deal with it. Yeah, I think so. I think that is a very good point. Uh, yeah, you know, you're kind of sometimes as an NHL fan, especially in Philadelphia, to your point, with the Eagles uh, especially – um, but, you know, when the Phillies are good, it kind of happens, too. But the seasons overlap less. So it's yeah. less of an issue there. But um, I think that, you know, there's this constant thing about the Flyers being irrelevant to the fans who are more into the other right. teams. And and regardless about what you think, the fans of the Flyers are still the fans of the Flyers. We have a really fun um, if not emotional fan base. But I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that about us. I think that, you know our fan base is ride or die with this team. Um, and we get frustrated, but we get frustrated because we love them. And yeah, there's no doubt. There's a lot of caring. I love no it. No doubt. Yeah, I love it. And so that's why, that's why I'm here. And that's why I've been here for the years of my life. And, uh, and, and I love the flyers. So we're going to um, have a good time with this rebuild and, and look to the future as we always do uh, with sometimes misguided, but usually authentic hope. Yeah. Well put.
All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again on Wednesday. We will be having a mailbag this week as well. So send in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell. at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.